All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It's Fit Nation. All right, all right, all right. Season two of the Misfit Nation continues. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. And of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Underscore Misfit Nation. That's The Underscore Misfit Nation. So you will stay up on all our episodes as they release. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Sam Leonard, who is making her debut on The Misfit Nation. On on today's show, we have a person who had life-changing experiences in the last year. This led him to dedicate his life to music. He is currently working on a new album and music production documentaries for YouTube. So without further ado, let's get Billy Nomad on here. Hey, thank you very much, Rich. Thanks for the uh, the introduction. Welcome to radio, Sam. How are you finding it so far? That's beautiful. How are you? (laughs) Uh, Nerve-wracking. You tell me at the end of this how I did, okay? Okay, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll send you out. Have you got a trip advisor? (laughs) Right, yeah. Give me a a good, uh, what's... what's I'll give you a... Yelp, yeah, Yelp, yeah, yeah. We call it yell over here. It's kind of like yell, but it's yell. Like yell. <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. It's midnight here, so I'm kind of flagging a little bit. I, I feel like I should have been in bed a few hours ago, but otherwise, I'm doing okay. I've, I've got the Mister Noisy tea, so we're all right for the next few hours. All right, so we'll only we'll only take about thirty minutes of your time. So you can take a nap between this and yes. the next episode. Yes. Get two interviews in before two in the morning. That's outstanding. So, I'm Billy, trying to do, you uh, go ahead and uh, tell the Misfit Nation a little bit about yourself, and then I'll let Sam take control. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, my name's Bill. Um, I started making music when I was a kid. I'm autistic. I've got uh, autistic spectrum disorder, or what they used to call Asperger's syndrome, when I was a kid, although they've stopped calling it that now, apparently, for some reason. So I kind of learned how to communicate through writing songs with people. And as I grew up, I kind of did what all people do as they grow up. I kind of got a job and I started to settle into life in different ways. And I still used to go out and gig music and, and record it. And then I got to this point where I just thought, do you know, what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to tour it. I'm going to do it properly. I'm going to do it as a full time career. I went all across Europe, went all across the UK. And I burnt out, man. I was like a match, like just entirely on fire. Like I, I really tried to throw myself into absolutely everything. And then COVID happened and that kind of like taught me to slow down a bit and actually look at things a bit more realistically. And I guess that's where the change started for me. It was, um, it's really around looking at Eastern philosophy and kind of like how they used to do it in the ancient East, you know, like uh, sit down and shut up, you know, don't (laughs) you? Um, I, I used to have a hugely inflated ego so it was nice for me just to kind of get this respite I'd done seven years like burning myself out and it got to this point where I was like do you know what actually making music for me isn't really always about sort of having a gig lined up it's about sort of uh, doing it as a lifestyle and, and living as an artist and I think that in itself enables uh, being able to do gigs every day and being able to record every day and make money from it so it's great that's an awesome intro sam you want to jump <laughs> i mean yeah i mean i'll just get right into it with you so um the reason i think why rich really wanted me to uh interact with you today is i actually have my oldest son who's nine is on the spectrum nice. um, so i think that was something that he thought i could really contribute to just kind of as a parent and um, I actually have some questions for you. I, I do obviously want to talk about your music, I promise. No, that's but, fine. I understand. I mean, 
I came on here. That's my plug for music. I just came on here to chat and meet new people. I, yeah, I, no. Um, and so um, I guess I just have some questions just in that itself, just as a parent kind of talking to someone that's been through what my kiddo's been through right now. Of course, yeah. Um, he's starting to get into kind of that, uh, that age where I think he's starting to kind of realize, you know, his mind works a little different. How old and is he, sorry? He's nine, so. Nine, yeah, yeah, of course. Nine, so it's kind of really starting to kind of come out for him a little bit. Um, so I wrote some questions down. So sorry if I'm looking down, I, I have it written down. So no I don't worries. forget things. Um, so for you, what was that like growing up? I mean, when did that kind of, did it ever kind of hit you? Be like, hey, my mind works a little different than everybody else's. Kind of when did that hit you? If you remember that. Yeah, I, I kind of, that's a really good question. And it kind of came in stages for me that because I think, especially when I was young, around your son's age, sort of like seven to 14, I was always telling myself stories, all these different stories. I was this character, I was that character. I was looking at TV shows, reading books and emulating everything I wanted to be. I was masking. And so at that point, I was learning what mask I wanted to have on. Um, one thing I noticed about other people at the time, they seemed to already have a story. They seemed to have their story told and they knew how to be the character. Whereas I felt different. I felt alienated and I felt like an alien. And uh, that's one thing I'd definitely say consistently around that time. I, I was constantly telling myself stories about who I was and how I should be and building up my ability to mask at that stage. Um, and that really kind of set the tone because I didn't build... Uh, proper coping me mechanisms around that time I was maladapting as I say there's a term that's being thrown around with Asperger's syndrome and autism spectrum disorder which is maladaptive behavior so it's learning how to avoid normal uh, things normal demands and uh, kind of going into your head and going into telling these stories um, so that you don't have to feel so bad about the fact you're avoiding life um, and so I was learning how to do that at that stage so I think it's really vital there that you've got someone that recognises that you are autistic, that can give you a valuable story. You say, this is who you can be. This is how you can fit into this. You know, you don't have to just make it off for yourself and figure it out for yourself. You know, one, one of the greatest things my psychiatrist told me is that you're an autistic man and it's your job to find your potential within that. You know, it, which might not make a lot of sense, but to me, what, what that really said to me is it's kind of like, you've been told that the world is normal, neurotypical and that, you know, you have to find a place within that. But actually, because you are this character, because you are this autistic man, you get to kind of set the example for the world now. You get to find what job you're good at. You get to tell your employers how to make the environment good for you. And you get to kind of, you know, build the world and set that story. And that kind of helped me. And really practically, I can see that not working out in a lot of employment environments. I could see myself going into certain employment environments and becoming marginalised for the fact that I'm autistic or the fact that I need the environment to be different for me. But you'd hope that by enough of us going out there and setting those examples, parents like yourself, someone who's autistic, going out and setting a, a good example, you know, that we can kind of start to change that now. A lot of it has been stigma, stigma not really understanding it, not really talking about it. So I think that's the most important thing. No, absolutely. I agree with you. That's why um, I was really excited to talk to you. And I, I actually told Thanks. my son about it because um, I, you know, like I said, this is the year he's kind of starting to realize, you know, what does this mean? What is, 
what does me being autistic mean? Um, and he's asked me that and, you know, I don't really have an exact, exact answer for him. So I was really excited to talk to you and, and he's excited. He's going to watch this at some point. So, awesome. That's um, really cool. What's his name? I, I, I love what you said, kind of what you're doing. You're putting yourself out there saying, Hey, I am autistic, but that doesn't define me. You know, cool. this is who I am. Take it or leave it. You know, that's I mean? right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love that. Um, I love your message. So I'm really excited for him to see that. Um, and um, does that, is that something that you kind of, when you set out to make music and kind of be more in the spotlight, was that something you thought about that was going to happen that you were going to have, you know, kids and other people kind of looking at you as not really a face of being on the spectrum, but just someone that's out there, you know, saying, Hey, this is me. Was that something that you ever thought was going to actually happen when you started music? Well, the thing is, I only got diagnosed last year. My oh, really? Parents, yeah, my parents said to me when I was 11, they said, you're autistic. And that was it. That 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 was all that was kind of done about it at the time. It was that they'd watched House, you know, House of Hugh Laurie. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Went, you're, you're Hugh Laurie, you're, you're yeah. autistic. And that, that was it. That was all that said about it. And it wasn't until I got to 18, 19, and I should have really been developing into a natural working pattern that I wasn't. I wasn't really able to adapt to it in the same way. And my parents started to go, well, this is an issue, which led to years and years of resentment building up between me and my parents, where really... I could have been more honest about what my issues were and they could have been more honest in their approach to how we were going to resolve that. Um, but yeah, no, just to get back to your question, it, it's, it's something I considered when setting up the business model again. Do I, um, do I become a spokesman? Do I become an adv advocate for autism? And no, because I'm not a professional. I'm not an expert on it. Um, I am a musician who happens to be an autistic man. Um, and I would love to work with more autistic charities to build more awareness for autism. But one thing that I want to make people aware of with autism is it doesn't have to define you. It's like, you know, um, saying that someone who's colorblind should go around constantly going, you know, I'm special because I'm colorblind. You know, it's neurodivergence. And one thing we're discovering now is everyone is neurodivergent. We're looking for this neurotypical area of the bell curve that doesn't really truly exist. So you know, by kind of, if I was to now go like, okay, well, I'm going to shape my whole life around an identity of autism, that could be damaging to me and other people. I think it's more important that we build an inclusive and far-reaching society that includes everyone based on the fact they're a human being and nothing else, you know. Um, and I think we should count trees and plants and everything in that, but I'm weird. <laughs> Agreed. Yes for nature. Stop killing the rainforest. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> think of the orangutans. Someone think of the orangutans. <laughs> Someone's got to or they're going to go away. And I'll never get to see one. Exactly. I've never seen one either, Rich. Yeah. I'll never get a chance. And Sam's being uh, real nice because her, her son, Brayden, he rules our whole family, really. Uh, <laughs> yes, he, made he, does. Up, he makes up his own holidays, so we have feasts. All right. Nice. He says, yeah. I'm coming to town, let's have a feast because he loves ham, he loves the big meals and she she puts up with a lot of things he does. It's He's great. I, I love him and she introduced him to me and really helped me as well. It, nice. Braden, Bra what's his name? Braden? His name is Braden. Braden. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well, Bergamus is coming up this Thursday. 
So uh -huh. don't forget uh, to celebrate Bergamus um, with, and, and I think oh. Fry's Day is coming up uh, two days after. So <laughs> a lot I'll of good festive food. <laughs> have to i'll have to get with you on facebook and you can tell me all these holidays he will love it rich oh, are you right, yeah. you, you yes, i'm writing all this down <laughs> <laughs> now um so thank you for that um he's oh, that's what i think i really um i said i wanted him to watch this just to kind of see that it like you said it doesn't define you so i appreciate you saying that yeah. um so i do want to talk about music obviously okay. so with uh my first question that i have written down here and um do you have any musicians that inspired you you know growing up now anybody that you can say hey go listen to this person because they're great that some some of us might not know about they've got great messages anything anybody that inspires you well, typically, there's a few kind of like um, sort of generic ones that I think everyone's already been kind of inspired by because there's people like Paul McCartney and Pete Townsend and, and you know, all those, Regina Spector, of course. And there's all these people that you're going to have heard of. But I think one of the turning points for me, one of the most inspiring people I've heard was a guy called Michael Paskalev, and he's from Norway. And he put out an album called What's Life Without Losers? And I kind of heard that at this turning point of my writing and it's like Norwegian indie pop, um, but it's kind of recognisable. It's kind of like Western pop music. Mm. Um, but there's something about his writing style, his vocal style, the way he builds vocal melodies. And it just like, it helped me see that you can kind of take this thing that is pop and shake it about a bit, you know, and, and it still be fresh and it still be very, very cool. So yeah, Michael Paskalev, or I call him Mikhail Paskalev because he spells Michael M-I-K-H-A-E-L. But yeah. Yeah, he's um, very, very talented. Um, I highly recommend him. And he put out another album called Heavy uh, a couple of years, uh, a couple of years ago, I think, just at the start of 2020. Um, and it was strange, a bit 80s for my liking. Um, but the first album, What's Life About Losers, definitely worth listening. It is awe inspiring. Did you hear that, Rich? 80s. I think that's right up your alley. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, that's deep yeah. in my alley, yes. <laughs> nice. I, lo I love some 80s stuff. I've got some, 80s on 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some Spandau Ballet down here somewhere if you want. Yeah, I think I've got original original pressings and everything. <laughs> it's right after Abbott. <laughs> right after Abbott. No, I don't keep any of that anywhere near my house. That's in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, um, like you said, you've really kind of wanted to recently help others get started. And um, so, I mean, what made you want to do that? Because I know a lot of people, you know, I would think wouldn't want to take the time to help other people learn and get started in their own creative process. So what made you want to kind of reach out to other people and, and help them essentially? Uh, good question. Thank you. Um, it's um, it's a difficult one to answer because it, it's I don't want to turn to a sub story, but I think part of it leans on the lack of support I've received, um, but mostly from the industry. So as sort of someone that was perhaps looking for guidance, looking for investment during the early 2000s, it was not there. You know, um, you had the unsigned guide. You could basically spend five pounds to download the unsigned guide and then you had to phone around all the pubs and go can I play tonight you know so really as far as 
understanding what the career was, understanding what the ladder was, what the progression to succession or uh, to success was. It's just absolutely hard to manage, hard to understand, and hard to actually facilitate for oneself. You know, you kind of constantly rely on having to try and build a team around what you're doing and and or knowing several trades at once. So. I started running a pirate radio station from my mum and dad's house um, and that went on for a few years and really what came out of that was this great like, artist development platform which now goes under the umbrella name the Pretty Sound Network but really the most active wing of that is our record label which is Pretty Sound Records uh, and really what we do is we take people that are like me and first and foremost we just coach them, we give them reality checks, um, we provide them with good advice so that they can independently. It's not about us getting exclusive rights over them. It's just about us feeding them advice. They can independently then go and manage their own career and help themselves out. Now, over the next 12 months, we do want to start providing products and services so that we can actually go and we can do that for you if you need us to, but we're not in that position right now. And I guess to getting back to your question, really what I wanted to do with it was just to avoid people like me wasting 10, 15 years of their life trying to figure it out and kind of like from day one kind of go, well, here's the here's the map for you. Follow the map, you know, to get to the gold. Because honestly, it's sometimes it's not about money. It's about good quality of life. And I've suffered a lot looking for a good quality of life. And really, if someone had just spelled it out for me, I could have been having this wonderful kind of, uh, I live like a prince. I make no, no ends about that. And I could have been living like that for a long time. Uh, and I really wasn't because I was suffering under the weight of not knowing what the hell was going on. That's awesome. It's, I'm, I say, I know I'm not a musician, but that's awesome because I know, like I said, a lot of people in this world wouldn't, wouldn't do that in anything. So I commend you for doing that and helping other people. Um, getting, I, you said you're currently working on a new album, right? Yes. Yeah. How's that going? That's going really well. I've actually got 16 tracks on like a, a short list for it. So it's it's all tracks that I kind of wrote or was writing over the last two years over lockdown. Um, and it's it, it's going really well. So we just lost our drummer. Our drummer just uh-huh. retired from music because the last two years, I think, were kind of revelatory for a lot of people. And he kind of came out of it, decided, you know what, I want to settle down, get a job, marry my girlfriend. So it's kind of like we lost our drummer, but because we're such a big band, we're called the common army. There's like 35 of us and at least like 10 of us are drummers. So like <laughs> I'm a drummer. So, so if we really need it for the album, you know, I'll play drums. Um, so it's really just about reorganizing at the moment for the recording sessions, which we're doing in May. So what I hope is by the first week of February next week, we'll have our first band meeting uh, for like over a year now, I think. Um, and yeah, we'll have our first band meeting and really talk about how we're going to record it. But the tracks are written. Um, we're currently filming bits of documentary footage for a film that's going to go together uh, to release at the same time as the album. But it's going really well. I, I love the fact it's written already. This is the first time in ages I've written an album long before I've had to record it. So it's just like sat there now. I'm like, Does I'm, it take I'm, a little bit of the pressure off? Absolutely. Already go. <laughs> I, was, I was sat here earlier going, oh, I really want to write a song, you know. And I was going, yeah. you know what? I don't know. I don't have to write any songs at the moment. I think I'll just put that down and watch some more Netflix. Um, but it, it really does take the pressure off. Pressure off because you're constantly in this state of going, what's my next product? I can't keep on flogging myself off the back of this crap for another year, you know. <laughs> so 
got to go right what what's my next project um so it's good to kind of already have that in mind and be working on it and it's it's allowed me to go back and look at the last 70 or so tracks I've released to go let's review these let's do them again but better and and so I'm doing another project called new old stock at the moment where I'm letting my uh, Facebook audience pick which song they want to um they want me to record and then I spend a month recording it making a music video and stuff and I released it off from YouTube and Facebook. But it's helping me build my social media community, which I've never done before. I've always been a very real world artist. So um, yeah, this has been kind of life changing for me and, and just in terms of getting on the internet more. What you got to do, which like sad, I mean, I want to say sadly in a way, you have to do that nowadays if you want, if you want that following, you sadly have to do that which I'm like you, I kind of feel like that takes away a little bit, but (laughs) I'm like you, I'm a roller person. I'd rather go out and watch a show than, you know, find out through social media. But like you said, it's something you got to do now, unfortunately. It's a different, it's a different, uh, it's a different garden. Yeah, I think it's the nicest way to put it because, you know, for me, Going out and gigging, it's all about actually meeting people and being at the party and the, the life and soul, which is kind of, it is what it is. And I could go into that for hours about why it's beautiful. But then on social media, it's this other thing. You get to kind of build this community of just interested, passionate, creative people. It's very easy to get suckered into the negative side of social media. And that does still happen in my community. But, you know, um, yeah, if, if you encourage positivity, you tend to draw positivity in. And you tend, if you're creative, you tend to draw creativity in. So yeah, what I found is that I've now got this beautiful garden on, on Facebook and Instagram where we've got all these people engaged and being creative and being nice and being fun. Um, so, yeah, it, it's not the same as the job I was doing two, three years ago. Um, but it's certainly it's nice to be able to do that. I, I've stepped away from the negative side of it now and I really enjoy it. It's nice to go on every day and just see everyone there and be like, hey, what are you up to? You know? It's nice. Yeah, I've seen, I, I did my research. So it's, I've seen you've been doing um, with the profile. Oh, the, no. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen what it's likely to be next month? Yes, I, I will. I, I say I looked a couple days ago, so I haven't looked recently, but I did see that. And I, that's what I think is also, like you said, a good part of social media is you get to just interact with all these people that you probably would never have met yeah. anywhere else. And you get that's to do fun things like draw me a draw draw me a picture <laughs> draw me a profile <laughs> picture yeah <laughs> and it's awesome we, we last month when I did that this is the second month I did it and and the, there's been a lot of talk in my team at the moment about sort of like you know the, the personal side and then the business side you know and how they both impact each other and for me a lot of this stuff comes out of the personal side it's me just being me on the internet and then inevitably that gets transferred over into business thinking and it's kind of like we're going how many times do we inflate this bouncy castle and so this time this is the second time we've inflated the bouncy castle um and yet yeah, it has just become all of these rude and hilarious pictures and very little <laughs> sort of like actual creative art so it's kind of okay so I think as I go forward it's got to just be this constant like whenever I have an idea of just how to connect with people on a genuine level rather than trying to market it um yeah it seems to go really good whenever I do that so I think focusing on that in the future is building this really natural holistic community of people uh, makes more sense than marketing I'm I'm not a brand (laughs) so um speaking of the past few years obviously we've all 
had to deal with the pandemic and things being closed and not being able to go to shows and bars and meet all the people and be social. How has that affected you? I mean, I can say personally, you know, it's been hard for me as someone who loved doing things like that. And like you said, going out, meeting new people, you just can't do it right now. So how has that affected you over the last couple of years and just how you are as a person, I guess, I know it's affected a lot of people. Yeah, I think it's, um, if I was to weigh it up and say, has it, has it been good or bad for me? I'd actually say it's been very, very good for me um, because it's given me the respite, the, the headspace that I've needed to focus on things like my lingering autism. And that has, the, because I, I suffer for years with untreated autism, I now have issues with uh, complex PTSD and, and borderline personality disorder and a whole host of other psychological issues we're, we're currently looking at fixing. But because of um, that side of things, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's really important. Sorry, I've just lost track of what I was saying. Could you, could you rephrase the question? Re, 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 rephrase it? Yeah. Just uh, just how how talk about how um how the people oh, the lo- affected you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. you. So you yeah. it, it So in that way. <laughs> so in that way, yeah, and that's what I was thinking. It's like, how did I get into that? So in that way, it's been quite positive because I've actually been able to focus in on those problems, start to deal with them on on sort of a treatment basis. If, of course, it's been really bad for me because it's it's made me have to change my entire lifestyle. My entire lifestyle was going out and teaching in schools, first and foremost, is how I'd, I made my bread. I'd, I'd go out and I'd teach musical instruments to kids in schools. Um, then I'd go out and do gigs and I'd have radio shows that I myself would host. And there's all these different projects that I do and I had that shut down overnight. So, of course, for me, that was like massive shock to the system. I couldn't really handle it at first because suddenly I didn't know what my life was or who I was. My identity was built around those things that I was doing every day. Um, but I think because I kind of decided, well, I can either cry or I can laugh about this. I kind of threw myself into solving a lot of my personal issues, looking at the past and learning from the mistakes I'd made and just going, yeah, let's push on. Let's, um, let's do the future and, uh, uh, and do that in a positive way. So yeah, not great, but it, uh, definitely it's been better for me than it has worse. I mean, how, how about you? I mean, it's been very different here in the UK than it's been in the US because our, our government has very much kind of decided to stick it under the carpet now. Um, and they have been trying to do that for about two years. So um, how's it going over there for you guys? It's kind of a yin and yang here. Depends on what state you live in. So if you're right. in a, <laughs> it depends on politics in the state you're in. So like, Tennessee and Alabama pretty much are open, wide open states, Florida as well. But then if you go to like New York or California or even some of the other northern states, it's still locked down. They're still treating us like you're going to die if you walk outside. Yeah, it makes sense. It seems like here they're kind of they they were always trying to get back to this herd, this plan of herd immunity where, <laughs> um, you know, our immune systems can take care of ourselves. And, you know, and I again, I'm not an expert here, so I won't get too deeply into it. But um there seemed to be a little bit of like basically public pushback against that. Like, no, scientists are saying this, World Health Organization is saying this, so no, we're not just going to go herd immunity. And it was the public that kind of forced that perception. And there's what usually happens in this country is the media seem to slowly put people's minds back to, nah, it's fine, herd immunity, we should just get on with it. And it's quite interesting how they did it because it would be regular news articles like, don't you miss pantomimes? Don't you miss going to the beach? Don't you miss music festivals? 
And it was kind of heartstrings, heartstrings, heartstrings until eventually the government is able to just like deregulate the lockdown, uh, deregulate all the mandates and stuff to the point. It's like you say, like um, it was, you know, if you go outside, you're going to die. And now it's just very much like, don't worry about it, everyone. It's fine. Go outside and play. <laughs> so it's really, as a, as a UK citizen, it's quite confusing. It's quite hard to know what to do. I would have already looked at perhaps getting back into teaching regularly in schools, but with the uncertainty that the last couple of years has kind of bred, I don't feel stable enough to do that, if that makes sense. So it's kind of left us in an awkward position here. No, I feel like it's kind of the same here. You know, like Rich said, you can go to one state and, you know, like you said, you walk outside, you're going to die and you can drive down to another state and balls to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> um so I kind of want to piggybacking off of, you know, something kind of heavy. I want to go a little bit lighter with my next question. Thank you. So, <laughs> uh, I actually I I looked at this and I kind of laughed cuz I actually say this all the time. I ask myself this all the time. But what do you want to be when you grow up? Because I oh. have awesome that's such a good question I've you know I think I finally figured it out over the last couple of years what I want to be when I grow up is one of those like sage like hermits right that they live on an island in the middle of a lake somewhere or in a cave in the hills and you just you hear about them oh that's old man haggis he lives on the hill I want to be that because quite frankly I've had a long time living in society and civilization and it it's a bit scary so I think what I'll do is I'll go up there, I'll eat berries, and everything would be just fine. Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I, I would love to. I, I think I will. I'll probably do some travelling over the next couple of years, and I'll, um, I'll probably go to a few uh, ashrams around the world and just sit there and think for a while and go, oh, isn't this nice? <laughs> That's a great plan. <laughs> yeah. What, what's it? Go see the orangutans in the rainforest. Yes. Oh yeah. While there's some left. While there's some left. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely get those off your bucket list yeah, exactly. <laughs> well billy we're running a low on time here uh how can someone get in contact with you if say they want to just just chat with you about uh your journey and in getting into music or even just the music side of it yeah uh, thanks uh on social media it's uh the billy nomad um so facebook.com forward slash the billy nomad instagram.com forward slash the billy nomad or if you want to chat to me personally, I have a Billy Nomad personal like Facebook uh, profile that you can you can add as a friend and you can chat to me. Um, so yeah, uh, go ahead and do that. Awesome. Any tips for an up and coming musician you want to throw out there? Yeah, reality. You know, get a good sense of reality. Um, don't fall for the stories of the sixties and seventies artists. You know, um, really like think about what you're doing. You're entertaining people, and you're trying to create a lifestyle based around entertaining people. So do that. Don't worry about the rest. Outstanding, uh, Sam. Thanks for making your debut today. Uh, oh, thank you. you How many stars get, do I get? I give you about four, four or five. You know, you did a lot of good <laughs> research. More research than I usually do. I usually guess a lot and get through this, but you did very well. And thank I think you. Billy, you Billy helped you out a lot too. <laughs> thank you both so much for having me, Sam, Rich. Awesome. And uh, give our best to Brayden. Thank uh, you. He'll be so excited to watch this. Thank you. And hear his name. Yeah, he will. He'll be so excited. Thank you. You're welcome. All the best.
You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are... Fit, 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 fit Nation.